You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Worry Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. It's time to talk about coordinators, offensive and defensive coordinators for Auburn football. Lots has been going on since we last talked, Jared. How you doing? I'm doing good. I am doing good. Just um, I was hoping to get my call to interview for one of these spots. I never did. Oh, uh, man. Sorry. I guess well, I guess my NCAA 2014 footage didn't help at all. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's best for everyone that I did not get a call. So, but yeah, we got a lot to talk about. I'm excited, man. How are you? I'm good. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, really interesting hires because I I think the the thing that we were trying to figure out with Brian Harson was how much control would he be given, and it seems like he's been given a pretty good amount. Maybe not 100, percent but a good amount of uh, I don't know, kind of leeway to figure out who he wants to hire. Because, I mean, if he went in and just chose all of his connections up at Boise State or, you know, other places he's been, I feel like that that would be a big shock to the system. I and mean, it's still going to be a good shock to the system, but it's uh, there's also some good SEC connections that he's built, uh, built for this uh, coaching staff for the 2021 season. And I think that's probably what gets me most excited are those SEC connections and particularly offensive and defensive coordinators with Derek Mason and Mike Bobo, both of them having their connections, especially recruiting. I'm super excited about the way that both of them just have a, uh, an aura around them of, we know the recruiting uh, kind of playing field around the SEC. Um, Jared, I want to kind of get your, your pulse on this. So I feel like most Auburn fans are most excited about Derek Mason over Mike Bobo. And I think it just has to do with Derek Mason and his track record as a defensive coordinator has been pretty incredible. Um, compare that to Mike Bobo is probably a little bit more traditional kind of offense, whereas the offenses of uh, new have been mostly those very flashy Ole Miss, Alabama, LSU offenses that just go crazy. Um, so maybe that's part of it. But what's your thoughts on why people you think are more interested in Derek Mason over Mike Bobo? Um, I think, yeah, I think that uh, he's a very energetic guy. I think people assume he's going to come in and have great connections with recruits. I don't know that a lot of people even know about his success at Stanford. So I think a lot of people really just probably are basing it on recruiting. But I think when he was at Stanford, he had the number one and number two defenses in the Pac-12. Yeah, he when did. he was a defense coordinator. He uh, coached Richard Sherman. And, you know, was Richard Sherman that good no matter what? Probably. But I don't know. You may have to give credit to Mason for his development. So, you know, 
he he's other than head coaching, which to me is an entirely different animal. I mean, it's now kudos to the people that make that leap. There are people that do it and they should be credited, but you aren't coaching as much as a head coach. You're more of a CEO. And so for him to be able to come in and focus strictly on defense, recruiting, um, you know, I think he's going to succeed. And I, I too am excited. And I have, you know, the group of friends that I know who I reached out to, uh, they, they graded that as an A hire, uh, as in a, you know, A, B, or C. They gave it an A hire. Uh, very excited, and he brings a lot of energy, I think. Yeah, you can tell. I mean, I'm just thinking back to <laughs> his time at Vandy. Yeah, while he, he didn't win all that much <laughs> at Vandy, the games he did win, you could tell this the enthusiasm, especially in his post-game press conferences, gave me a taste of what you can expect out of a defensive coordinator because you can get that passion it's kind of that, uh, what is it, like controlled aggression that a defensive coordinator and the energy that comes with that. And I feel like Derek Mason kind of fits in that. Uh, he's going to bring that intensity that I feel like uh, is needed. And you've seen Kevin Steele be more or less like that. I mean, I'm thinking back to probably the one in the SEC that most people think of, Will Muschamp. He's a very aggressive and just like get-in-your-face defensive coordinator. I don't think Derek Mason's up to that level, but enough where I feel like he can get his defenses really um, in gear for every game, every play, every down. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, I heard uh, Cole Kublik uh, speak on it, and apparently he's able to run multiple defensive sets. He's not set on one thing, and he talked about the importance of that was being essentially with the multiple offensive sets you're seeing out there. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to adjust, and you can't just say we're this or that. And he's able to do that, apparently. Um, and you can't really grade him at Vanderbilt. Nothing against Vanderbilt, but it's just not the same level. Um, it, it, you're not going to be – got different players you're dealing with at Auburn. Yeah. And so well, I think, when you bring in uh, the academic level that you have to get to at Vandy on top of that, and then you kind of factor in, I don't know how many players really think, I really want to go play for Vandy. Um it's probably, but you got a higher probability of that at Auburn. Um, so I think that helps him with recruiting too. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, he's he's probably, you know, recruited guys who may have liked him, but, you know, we're just not going to be able to commit to Vanderbilt um, or maybe they didn't qualify academically. So I think the, I think he's probably going to relate well to players. I think players are going to, are going to want to play for him. Um, to me, the biggie is, I mean, scheme matters, no doubt. But to me, the biggie is uh, how well you tackle as a team and how well you recruit because we've had, we went through several years before Muschamp came back to where we couldn't tackle at all. And it was just heart-wrenching to watch us play. We could not tackle. And Muschamp came back, brought that aggression back, and then still took it to another level. We've been a really good tackling team. Um, so that you got to be able to do that, and you got to be able to recruit. And I don't know about the tackling part of it, but I think he's going to be a great recruiter. Yeah, I mean, I think when you add in his intensity level to the recruiting, and I I, I would think that's also something that kind of the intensity level goes into tackling. Um, because I, I've had in high school some very intense defensive coaches, and those were the ones that kind of instill in you, hit the guy hard, hit him harder than he hits you, and you're going to win that battle. Um, so... I think he'll be okay there. Um, Something else that I thought was very interesting, especially with this Derek Mason hire, was 
He's been out of a job. He got fired on November 29th, and yet South Carolina and LSU were reportedly going after Derek Mason. And they've been searching since, uh, for uh, what is it, South Carolina, essentially since the beginning of December, and then LSU more towards the end of December. And yet we were still able to go in there and get Derek Mason, which I think says a lot uh, just that we pitched it to him that he really, and he wanted to come to Auburn uh, to be a f- defensive coordinator for us. Um, I, I thought this was kind of funny. So this was a tweet from uh, Auburn Elvis, but I thought this was kind of funny that he had said this. Uh, he said, uh, this Derek Mason hire makes me really nervous though. His head coaching record is mostly losses, but it's way better than Kevin Steele's. The board of trustees is going to fall in love with him in four years. <laughs> like think about that like i i'm just you know that's joshing a around a little bit but that's a on. joke about them falling in love with steel isn't it about yeah. i think yeah i think the board <laughs> trustees were really loving steel and his head coaching record was not real good yeah um, heck of a defensive coordinator yeah i mean he's Kevin. done well i mean uh, we've already talked through a couple of his stats but even some of his stats uh, of like I think 2012 he only allowed 19 points per game 2013 only 17 to 17.2 points per game and that was when offenses were kind of shifting to being a little bit higher scoring um and yet he was able to slow down um guys so what he uh, did in Baton Rouge last year was simply amazing I mean he I mean yeah I mean to shut down that ridiculous offense told him to 23 was we should have won that ball game I mean that's that's all you can ask of him. So, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a good coordinator. He's going to be missed in that front. Um, that was a lot of rumors about him. But regardless, he's going to be missed as a coach. And um, Mason's got some big shoes to fill, but I think he can do it. Yeah, I definitely think there's there's going to be a little bit of a gap there because Derek Mason isn't necessarily going to have his guys in there immediately. But he does have, I feel like, a good a group of guys defensively for him to work with. I mean, we saw our defense this year and kind of improve slowly, but surely even with guys like KJ Brett going down with injury really early in the season. And I, I feel like that's a positive. We have a lot of guys coming back. Um, there were a couple of guys that left, um, but I mean, that's to be expected, especially um, in this kind of weird year where they might want to transfer or go to the NFL. I'm jumping the gun here on what you're going to talk about in a little bit, but he is going to have the leading tackler in the SEC coming back to work with, so that's not bad. That is big. That is really big. Um, Jared, let's also talk about Mike Bobo. Um, I think he's kind of uh, kind of thrown to the side a little bit. Most people aren't really as excited about him, like I said before, but he's also a great recruiter and a coach for quarterbacks. So I feel like that's going to be his main purpose on this team. Yeah, I feel like it's probably going to be some of his offense combined with Brian Harson's offense. I mean, the good news is Brian Harson coached against him um, when Mike Bobo was at Colorado. So there's some already a mutual understanding of each other's offenses going on and how those mesh together, which, I mean, that's yet to be seen how that's going to work how much of Mike Bobo's offense is it going to be and how much is it going to be of Brian Harson's and his offense? Um, Jared, do you have any kind of feeling of how the offenses are going to kind of mesh between those two guys, Mike Bobo and uh, Brian Harson? 
No, I really don't. I mean, to me, I would have. I wanted him to go out and get a spread guy, but Harson's is not that. I mean, he's a, he's basically known as a multiple, which is get under center when you need to, uh, you know, bring tight ends uh, in when you need to, uh, do all that, put fullbacks in there, and get in the shotgun. So I think Bobo probably fits that because apparently Bobo has also meshed into that role of he has multiple looks. Uh, they're not just spread. Um, you know, I, I can't, I couldn't remember Bobo's time at Georgia. I thought it was pretty good. So I reached out to a buddy of mine, uh, Kevin told him I'd give him a shout out. And, um, you know, he said that, that he liked him. Uh, Kevin was old enough to, to know what football was going or going on when he was watching, when Bobo was there. So he would know, he said he liked him, uh, said he put up, you know, he remembered him putting up 40 points a game, uh, said overall he left Georgia because, it was a head coaching job availability. It wasn't that Georgia was getting rid of him. And he did mention that uh, he actually, uh, Georgia apparently looked at him when they just hired their new coordinator a year ago. Uh, they thought about Bobo, apparently. He said the only thing he didn't like about him is he, he remembers him running a lot of screen passes and tunnel screens. Oh, it, goodness. Ga- it gave me a little anxiety oh, because gosh. we all know Gus loved to do that too. But, you know, that was also a long time ago. Yeah. And this is also. I don't know. This is a different time of him being an offensive coordinator. Um, football's changed a good bit. So, man, if he if he looks like that with all uh, screens and tunnel screens, oh goodness! I feel like the Auburn fan base is going to turn on him real quick. Here's the deal on that because you watch Alabama, and I was even watching uh, the Baltimore Ravens today. There's nothing wrong with screens. You just have to call, you have to have the movement before the screen to mm-hmm. create some deception, or you have to call it at the right time. Um, that was essentially our offense, <laughs> so there was no deception, there was no um, right time, wrong time. So it, there's nothing wrong with calling them. I know that'll create anxiety when it happens for us, but if they're called in the right moment, um, you know they can work really well. Oh yeah, I mean, there. I'm thinking back to times with okay. The prime guy that I feel like those worked with was back in the offense with Ryan Davis as wide receiver. He was a perfect scenario for give him the screen, let him be a little shifty, and he makes magic happen. Um, where it's just a you know pass behind the line of scrimmage, he gets that field, get 15 yards, gets the first down, and if you get the right guys in there, the right blocking from the wide receivers. And even you know pull a few wider uh, a few offensive linemen out there for blocking on screens. This th- that's when it does work. That's when you see the success of screens. But when it's not, that's when you're like, oh, why are you throwing it behind the line mm. of scrimmage? And you just get really frustrated. Yeah, and who knows what it, you know? A lot of times the screen is if you're struggling to run, it's an extent. I know Alabama did it, but they could do whatever they want. But if you're struggling to run, it, it's an extension of the run game. Uh, I don't think we're going to have that problem with Tank. I mean, they did, the O-line didn't have problem run blocking this year at all, and they're going to be a year under their belt. Tank's going to be better. And all I hear is that the scheme that at least Harson runs is just amazing for running backs. But And on that running back front, uh, I read a tweet that said, um, we're talk- Bobo is, is a great recruiter. At least he has a solid foundation. They're, they're apparently in South Georgia, the two known best recruiters are Kirby and, and Bobo because they they're both from there. But somebody said that uh, Georgia does not get Nick Chubb if they did not have Bobo. I've and read that pe- too. 
for people that don't know, Nick Chubb is a stud running back at the Cleveland Browns. And if he wasn't sharing time with Sonny Michelle, probably would have won the Heisman at Georgia. Um, I think he had a part in getting Sonny Michelle. He went into Texas and grabbed Matthew Stafford. He went to Tampa and grabbed Aaron Murray. Yep. Um, and, you know, really at Georgia, he, <clears throat> you know, I know you can get talented, but we could, back then Georgia wasn't a juggernaut. They were averaging nine to 13 ranked classes. Now they're number one and two. They were in that nine to 13 range. That's where we are. And he was putting up 40 points with them. So I, I know Mason is more attractive for some reason. There's something about it. I don't know that the Bobo hire is that bad and could turn out to be better. No, I, I think that could be the case. Um, I think we're already kind of setting our expectations, which maybe that's that's a good thing. Set your expectations low for Mike Bobo and let him you know, raise your expectations as he proves himself as an offensive coordinator for us. Well, let's be honest. I'll say this. Um, I know that we had a letdown. I know we had turnovers, but Bobo called a good game against uh, Auburn this year at South Carolina. There were multiple times where we brought the blitz and he had the right call. And mm-hmm. it was so frustrating. And I'm like, how is South Carolina doing this to us? Um, they moved the ball down the field. And I know that we gave them the ball in, in nice situations, but they put it in the end zone. Yep. So, you know, you got to kind of look at that too. That's true. I mean, we I guess we did get beat by Mike Bowe this year, which is crazy. Still crazy. It but, is. I mean, that, that was definitely uh, partially because Mike Bobo was able to uh, – move move his offense down the field and put points on the scoreboard he called a good game i remember it i was frustrated yeah um let's also talk about some of the assistants that have uh been hired since then uh we'll start out with will friend he is the new offensive line coach and uh he actually was uh hired kind of in tandem with mike bobo um it sounds like because of the connection that mike bobo and will friend had uh I think that's a really interesting kind of thing that they essentially got hired more or less kind of together. Um, And they already have that relationship and both of them understand winning the line of scrimmage is important. I mean, I think I've already heard it. I don't know, a handful of times already from Brian Harson. winning the offensive line and defensive lines are the, one of the main reasons you win a football game. And Will friend, Mike Bobo, Brian Harson all have that um, kind of in common. So, I'm excited about that, but also excited for Will Friend and uh, the way that he's able to recruit. Um, so I, I'm excited about all that. Do you think that um, he had to explain to Brian Harson that he doesn't want to hire him just because he's his friend? He's like, no, no, his name is Will Friend. That <laughs> <laughs> may sorry, have been the I, case. Sorry, I'm a dad, people. I had to throw that, that, that was That joke. was a pretty good dad joke. Well, it threw me off. They were, I saw it, and they said, yeah, Will Friend. I'm like, so we're hiring Will's friend? Like, who, Will who? Will Muschamp? <laughs> I'm like, it took, I had to Google the guy. I'd never heard of him. So it's thrown me off the whole time. I, yeah. it, You know, the one positive thing, I saw some four-star offensive tackle, I think, in Alabama. Offensive tackle, not guard, people. We need to celebrate. We have so many guards. An <laughs> offensive tackle for next year's class has already been reached out by Will. We haven't officially offered him, but he, Will reached out, and um, he said that he was very excited about the conversation he had with Will. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, he's already day one, you know, hitting the trail for what we need. We need offensive tackles. For those that don't know, we are full of offensive guards. We need some tackles. Yeah, we do. I mean, I think the two positions, and we'll, we'll talk probably a little bit more on this later, but offensive line, running back. We got to reload on those. Um, I mean, then you got some questions probably on wide receivers too, um, just with the guys leaving there. But 
I think this bowl game kind of showed us that the talent can be there if those younger guys get developed that were freshmen and uh, now will be sophomores uh, coming into this next season. Well, I think you're talking about even a di- there's a difference between are the players good and having actual bodies to put there. And right now we have two running backs. So I think you're right. <laughs> we need we need people with a pulse. <laughs> we need at least four people with a pulse to to go into a season. Right now we have two. Yes, absolutely. Um, since we're already talking about it, I mean, running backs, we actually get Cadillac Williams back, which as of now, um, on Sunday when we're recording this, he's our only carryover from Gus Malzahn's coaching staff uh, that we have. Uh, and I, I, I've heard a lot of positive feedback about him coming back. People were really excited about that uh, and how he'll be able to still coach the running backs. And I'm sure he... I mean, I remember him being one of the main reasons Tank just continued staying with Auburn, um, coming to to come to Auburn. Yeah, I don't think running backs were the issue at all last year. Um, Tank, I mean, you have to say Tank. I mean, what else could Tank have done? Now, was that because he's so gifted, or did Cadillac teach him some some things? I, I don't know. But we la- he landed him. Um, I had a class with Cadillac, so I got a soft spot in my heart. Um, <laughs> I'm glad he's here. He's just a good guy. Um, and he's got great connections in the Atlanta area. So, you know, I think that, um, that, that might've been a, we, we might've wanted to make sure Bobo was okay with that before we just, uh, you know, I, I think Harson probably relies a little more on his coordinators on yeah. the coaches below him than Gus did. So, uh, Harson probably wanted to get Bobo in here and make sure he was okay with it. Cause it happened pretty quick after, after Bobo got announced, we then announced Caddy. Yeah. It was within, I think a day or two. And that makes sense. Like with what I've heard, how Brian Harson is going about it, the the way he's hiring these assistants that we're talking about has been: let's talk to the coordinators and figure out if you think they'll be a good fit. Maybe those offensive coordinators, like Will Friend, had a connection with Mike Bobo already. So you, you know you got that. Or do you kind of go the approach of I'm just going to hire who I think's best for that and not really consult too much with the coordinator. So I feel like that's a notch in, uh, in Brian Harson's belt that he's able to, and wanting to go talk to his coordinators to figure out what best uh, works for them. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest, every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on, who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn. Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. There's also a couple other positions that have uh, been hired for assistance. Uh, Jack uh, Zach Etheridge, uh, he's going to be our cornerback uh, coach. Uh, if you know the name, Zach Etheridge, uh, he played for Auburn, uh, I think it was 2007 through 2010. 
Um, he's, uh, he was part of the national championship winning team, but the year before that, in 2009, his junior season, he actually ended up breaking his neck, um, in a football game and made it an incredible comeback to be able to play his senior year and, uh, win a national championship. So, um, you got to think the heart in, in him is a, is a big thing. Um, but also he's been a coach, a cornerback coach um, in college football for a couple of years now. Um, and uh, he's kind of, you know, after going to the NFL for a year or two, uh, ended up going to uh, also be coaching. Uh, I felt like that was kind of his route. So now he's uh, the last couple of years he's been coaching at Houston as their cornerback coach. And uh, that's uh, been successful for him I think both years they've kind of improved on defense um under with Zach Etheridge uh, on staff there so um I'm hopeful of that um and it's kind of always cool I feel like anytime we get a previous player that played and is a well-known well-liked player to come coach for Auburn the two things real quick uh Chizik apparently was quoted as saying he uh Etheridge uh, said he loves the game so much um, not that that matters a lot, but that's a quote from Chizik. Um, Etheridge, that story about him was amazing. I mean, did you ever see at the, well, I think it was Ole Miss, and the Ole Miss player could have been Miss State. Um, one of those Mississippi schools, the player, for some reason, did not get off of him. And it's it's very customary. You know, you don't lay on a, a guy because then you'll get pushed off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think it was like a, almost a 30 for 30. It was before one of the games, and the guy said, he just something in him said, don't get off of him. And they mm. said if he would have, or if, no, 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 Etheridge landed on him and he didn't try to push Etheridge off. Yeah. And if he would have, it, 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 it could have been really bad. Oh, wow. So it was a very, I think they have a strong bond, those two guys now. That's um, cool. Because of that, because it was one of those deals where he could have easily been like, get off of me. Um, but he laid there and, and didn't even know the severity. Wow. But um, something just told him to not move along with Etheridge. So that's a pretty cool thing. I mean, I feel like most people, like, I was asking my mom, hey, do you remember Zach Etheridge? And she was like, oh, yeah, I remember him breaking his neck. And that was just, like, a crazy time. Um, but then his next year coming back, like, I feel like that's that's a cool way to talk. Of, I don't know, just like, hey, I've, I've overcome some crazy adversity in my life and come back and played. Um, I'm sure he's going to have guys that he recruits that have kind of been the same way, had some injuries in high school. I don't know, just feel that, that connection. He's, he's still a very young guy, kind of like – um, what were you thinking of like Cody Burns, you know, good connection with players. Um, so excited to see what that, uh, how that turns out for us. Um, we've also hired an inside linebacker coach, uh, Jeff, uh, Schmetting. Um, he was the previous defensive coordinator at Boise state. And, uh, he's also, which I thought was kind of interesting, uh, because he's kind of taking a step down. I feel like they probably gave him a title of defensive run game coordinator as well, which I thought, okay, that's kind of funny. Like it's kind of, <laughs> I don't know if they're just making up titles, like assistant to the regional manager, like in the <laughs> office, like what? <laughs> On a cloudy Tuesday, you're going to get to call one play. Like, yeah, they kind of, they kind of, <laughs> they just kind of throw him a bone. To, I mean, he is taking a step down, so yeah. he's probably going to make more money though. He's taking a step down in title, mm-hmm. but he's probably going to make more money. Um, it's possible. That's for so, sure. I mean, maybe not, but I just, yeah, I don't think the, it, it's going to be close at least in money. Yeah. I think the interesting thing with him is he was inside, def- inside linebacker. We still haven't hired outside linebacker, which 
I feel like T Will. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping T Will comes back somehow, some way. We make this happen, and somehow he he's coming back. I mean, there's so many guys. Like I think Deshaun Watson is one of the biggest, or Deshaun not Deshaun Washington, oh, Desha- Deshaun Davis. Oh yeah, um, is a big proponent of him. Um, just T Will, let's bring him back. Yeah, I, I love T Will. I mean, and then how good he recruits too. Oh man, if he can gel well with um, Derek Mason and the staff, I mean, I, I don't know how you turn him down. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm I'd biased. Be, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be, unless he just butts heads, I'd be surprised if we don't keep him honestly. But you know, I don't know. We're not in that room. Maybe he's, you know, T Wheels probably thinking he's on the fast track to being a D coordinator here soon, and to to say, hey, you're going to coach outside linebackers. Um, I don't know. That might he may not he may not like that and maybe that's, that's everybody's prerogative to not but I yeah. hope he I hope it works out yeah I don't know maybe I'm just you know looking through my orange and blue glasses and really hoping T Will comes back because I know a lot of the players love him uh, so I, I agree we have a new hire by the way it's happened since we started do you want to know oh yes absolutely go for it Brad Bedell is this right Brad Bedell has been hired to coach Auburn's tight ends. Really, Brad Bedell. Okay, he's from Boise. Cool. All right, and again, that, that kind of fits into we're you know fixed. Uh, we're going with guys with SEC connections, but also a handful of the guys that Brian Harson has had connections with. So I like that just because you know if I'm a new coach, you want some guys that you really trust, and he's getting those guys um, in there as well. Um, but we still have. Let's see what that that I think that'll be our seventh guy um, for yeah. on the field coaching. I think we have three more to go, which leaves wide receivers, special teams, defensive line, and outside linebackers. So uh, I'm hoping that we get T-Will, and then, I don't know, you you probably have somebody that also combines like wide receivers and special teams or defensive line and special teams or something along those lines. So we'll see how that plays out over the next few days. Um, I, I, probably, I expect most of those to probably get hired over this next week. Yeah, it doesn't make uh, any mention. Nathan, Nathan King from Auburn Undercover broke this, and it doesn't make any mention that he will be coaching special teams as well, but I would not be surprised if that shifted into tight ends and special teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something along those lines, or maybe even, uh, I don't know, somebody else that's already an assistant coach kind of taking over special teams as well. Uh, let's talk and, and kind of talk about some of the players that leave uh, that are leaving and some of them that are staying. Because some of them, I feel like, could have gone. You you had alluded to Zacoby McClain, our, the leading SEC tackler. Um, he's returning for his senior season. Jared, how big of a deal do you think having a guy like Zacoby coming back for this team for his senior year is? I mean, it's huge. I mean, I don't I don't know who's behind the, him, and I know we got some defensive players in this recruiting class. I don't know if any of them are linebackers, so. To have him come back, Owen come back, you know, it's a new coaching staff. You're going to need players in there with leadership to step up and say, hey, you know, this is going to come up. And they're going to say, hey, this, I know that's not how we used to do it, but Harsons is our guy. Mason's our guy. That's how we're doing it now. Yeah. You know, you need those leaders to, because the young guys are going to be like, ah, that's not how we used to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. So you need that senior leadership. Um, You know, the only thing he's missing at all, in my opinion, is size and I don't know 
you know, some people's bodies just, I mean, Owen Papo too. I don't know if you can get them much bigger. Some bodies just aren't built. But if either one of those guys or both of them can literally bulk up and get bigger, I mean, the sky's the limit because they're very, they're very athletic. And, and Zacoby just, I, mean, I just remember watching multiple games this year. He just knows where the play's going. Absolutely, yeah. And he has to because he's not going to outman you. Um, but he knows where the play's going. And so that's why he's there to make tackles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that was his biggest asset this last year was uh, reading the offense and just knowing where it was going. I felt like he was in so many of the plays, and that's why he's the leading SEC tackler. Um, and that's a big deal. I mean, yeah, he's a little undersized, but he obviously didn't get limited by that. I mean, Deshaun Davis was also the same way, a little undersized. Didn't hold him back from being one of the best linebackers um, in the last decade for Auburn. So, I don't know. Uh, it definitely shows me that we, we can use guys like that, um, even though they're a little bit smaller than what you'd expect. Um, another guy is Smoke Monday, who's uh, decided to come back. Again, I, I feel like with how well he's been playing, um, he just, he's he's got a, I don't know, he has good instincts as a player, just knowing how to get to where the ball's going. And, that's something that is hard to teach. It's just feel of the game. And he plays with such intensity that I feel like somebody like Derek Mason is going to just be licking his chops, thinking about how he can use a guy like Smoke Monday to just fly around the field, fill those gaps, and stop offenses from moving down the field. Yeah, I mean, he's, Smoke Monday probably had almost direct impact on two wins over the last two years. I mean, the pick six against Bama, Right, yeah, um, and then the pick six against Tennessee when they were they were about to go in. It was a fourteen point swing. I mean, they were going in to score. We were not looking real good, and he picks it and runs it back a hundred yards. I mean, you know, he he didn't look great in the Alabama game. He was way out of place the entire game. But yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Alabama makes everybody look bad. So so true. You know, I don't know, but um, yeah, I think that I didn't know he was even contemplating it. But yeah, it was good to hear he's coming back. Yeah, he wasn't really on my radar necessarily, but the more I was thinking about it, the way he's kind of improved, he could have been a late rounder, but I I think guys like Zacoby and Smoke can easily raise their draft stock by coming back and, for example, Zacoby may be bulking up a little bit. Smoke Monday, proving himself that he can play against the best uh, wide receivers in the nation. Uh, And I, I feel like that's something that, both of them over this next season will be able to do. Uh, let's talk about some of the players that are leaving kind of the impacts of that. Um, so Cord Sandberg, he's entering the transfer portal. Um, he'll be a grad transfer. Uh, I know he had a really good relationship with Gus and that's probably why he's leaving. Um, could also been uh, Brian Harson just said, I don't know if we have a spot for you that uh, in the quarterback room, I don't know what that conversation looked like. But either way, Cord Sandberg, old man, twenty-six year old, decided to enter the transfer portal. He somebody said uh, interesting note on him. He is a uh, he was the first player to ever play with uh, Pat Nix and Bo Nix. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That's that was a good one. Funny. And uh, I was just thinking about this. By the time he gets out of college and finishes up uh, playing in college. He could legitimately go and probably be some sort of assistant, like, you know, a quarterback coach at a smaller D1 school instead of, you know, probably going to like the, you know, grad assistant route that I feel like most people do for the first few years right out of college. 
He could maybe be president. How old do you have to be? Thirty? What's the, <laughs> what's the threshold? Like yeah, he could actually think, he, yeah. he could run for president maybe even before he finishes his college career. <laughs> hey, that'd be interesting. He, love he's you, an Gord, old man. If you, if you ever listen, I love you, man. Good luck to you. Um, and then uh, we also have a couple guys, and these are uh, you can kind of see the writing on the wall, especially with Seth Williams, um, just with how much talent he has, uh, and he's officially headed to the NFL draft. And uh, I, I definitely think he can make it. Um, he's got the skills, the wide receiver ability, the route running ability. Um, I feel like the one thing that I, I, I want to see if he can do in the NFL is get open. Um, because at times I felt like there were times where he was very closely guarded. And uh, you know, just getting that extra step on a guy running a route, um, I feel like that, that can be something. Uh, that he may be lacking a little bit, but everything else, I mean, the ability to go up and get those 50, 50 balls is going to be probably one of my favorite things about him while he was at Auburn. You could give him that 50, 50 ball and you could, you could rely on him a lot of the times to go up and get it. Uh, his freshman year, he caught a ball out of bounds against LSU. <sighs> yes. That and one, when he yeah. made, when he made that catch, I was like, this guy's going to be special. And it's amazing that a, that a no catch taught me that. But, I mean, the guy shouldn't even have a chance. I mean, when yep. he, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this guy's going to be amazing. And then he single-handedly brought us back and beat A&M, you know, his freshman year that we were down. And, you know, he was catching like crazy. But you're yeah. right. He's got to find a way to separate. But there's been arguments of was that scheme or was that, you know, were they not able to scheme him open? I don't know. But he's got raw talent. Yeah. you got to think the NFL's – uh, is definitely going to go after him. Um, I've been seeing second, third round. I'm hoping first or second round, but I've heard second or third round. We'll we'll see closer to time how they kind of grade him out. Um, another guy, Anthony Schwartz. I, I feel like with we've mentioned it before, his cryptic tweets and kind of messages. I feel like he was kind of on the fence about it, and then after the season decided to uh, opt out of the bowl game and then decide to go to the NFL draft. Um, I think right now he's projected fourth, fifth round. Um, so not great, but also not terrible. Um, we'll see obviously how that works out. Um, what do you think of Anthony Schwartz kind of going after his junior year to the NFL? I, you know, I'm never good. I mean, these guys put in a lot of work and, you know, I'm never going to tell somebody what to do. I, I do think he would have benefited. I think that he was – I'm not here to, to knock on Gus or Steen, but I think he was underutilized. I I think that um, the guy was so talented that I think that if we get in a scheme that could uh, force safeties to come down, I mean, over the top would have been all day for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. we just couldn't make it happen with his two years here. Or slant routes. Uh, if we ran slant routes with him, he could he could turn a twenty yard slant into a, a seventy yard touchdown. So I think he would have benefited from another year, but I'm not going to fault anybody for doing anything. Um, yeah. That's just my analysis, though. I thought he probably uh, probably left one year too early. Yeah, I, I do think that this year one of the things that he did show is he's not just the deep ball guy. He caught some very impressive intermediate routes, and sometimes those intermediate, you know, ten yard catches he got he he was open he found the soft spot in the zone and when you get anthony schwartz going and he's already running at full speed and nobody's on his hip he can go and he's he's got shifty ability that i feel like most guys with his speed you don't really necessarily think 
he's got that. Uh, and, and that may be something that the NFL is really excited about. Just thinking if we can get him into a system that, uh, can, can develop his wide receiver route ability that much more, maybe we can make something uh, impressive out of him. I, I, to me, if you're Cody Burns and you're trying to get this job and I, I don't know, I doubt, I don't think he's even in the running, but I, I'm showing tape of Schwartz from game one to now. Cause yeah. that's probably his best coaching job. Cause you're right. Co- uh, Schwartz became a great pass catcher he was always a safety valve for uh Bo, but i think that's what he became i think he became the safety valve the seven yard curl um and, and schwartz is uh schwartz is kind of like a lamborghini he's mm-hmm. the guy that you know you need to he needs to be taking you need to be finding ways to take the top off the defense with him yeah and um but you know nfl can see that and say hey that wasn't his fault maybe and i think uh he would look uh he'd look good in a kansas city uniform <laughs> that would be awesome I would love to see that. And I have a Kansas City friend, so I'm sure he would. Uh, he may not know about Anthony Schwartz now, but if that ends up working out, he's going to love Anthony Schwartz. <laughs> yeah, they, well, yeah. They utilize talent there. I mean, in speed, you put Tyreek Hill on one side and him on the other, and, and then their tight end guy in the middle, and yeah, it could be fun. That could be. Um, another guy, Eli Stove, um, he was one of those that is a senior, but with the extra year of eligibility that guys were given because of this COVID year. Uh, I think I had a gut feeling he was probably leaving, but there's always that opportunity that he could come back and play uh, again. He was one of those kind of reminds me of like Will Hastings that just has been here for a long time. And I don't know if he necessarily will make it in the NFL, but he could be a fun one. If you can find little, you know, little short, uh, I don't know, like slot route kind of guy. I don't know. Something along those lines. I don't know if Stove had any more classes to take at Auburn. I, that may be why he <laughs> couldn't come back. I, I think you have to be taking something, and he's probably taking every class at Auburn because he's probably. been here a while. I mean, Love has he guy. taken scuba diving once? <laughs> he's so glad to make up <laughs> classes for him. So, good guy. Like him. Uh, I hope the best for him, and I appreciate what he did for Auburn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for him to come back after ACL surgery and – just all the different craziness that did happen with him. Um, I'm glad we got him for this amount of time and uh, hope he's able to show the NFL what he's got and uh, maybe get drafted. Uh, another couple ones, and these were guys who've uh, jumped into the portal, and these are, you've probably heard about them. DJ Williams jumped into the portal, and then I think it was literally the next day got picked up by FSU. Um, and I think this one hit Auburn fans pretty hard about, I think probably all of the, all of the different guys that jumped into the portal. I feel like DJ is one of those that it, we felt the impact the largest because now we're down to two guys in the running back room that are on scholarship tank and Shivers. That's it. Um, so not having a third guy like DJ in there, man, this is going to be really interesting. Um, to see how that works out. How much does it worry you that we were down to two guys at the, in the running back room? <laughs> I'm an Auburn fan. Everything worries me. <laughs> I mean, I'm already worried Sharif Cooper's going pro in basketball. So I mean, oh, he, played, yeah. he played one bat one game. So I mean, yeah, it worries me. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you go do. I mean, you gotta, you gotta get, you can't go into the season with two running backs. So you gotta figure something. You gotta, even if he's not good, you gotta have a third, really fourth option. Um, so we gotta figure that out. And that was a surprise. I mean, you, you may, uh, you know, yeah, Mark Anthony Richards hadn't decided yet where he's going. Is that something that changes his mind now? Maybe. Um, he hasn't signed anywhere. I mean, I think I heard 
you know, there's been rumors that uh, Harold Joyner, you know, caught Harson's eye, and I don't know if he's signed yet with Michigan State. So, um, you know, if these guys hadn't signed yet, then you still kind of go after them and recruit them and say, hey, you want to look, let's come be a part of this. You're going to get playing time. Yeah, I mean, in the SEC, having two guys that are on scholarship in the running back room, <laughs> I, you got to get more than that. And maybe that's the pool to saying Harold Joyner, Mark Antony Richards, uh, you know, other transfers that are in the portal or grad transfer portal that y- you can come play here. You'll you'll get some play time um, at a big name school that you'll probably get some extra eyes on um, that you might not elsewhere. So maybe that's the pool. Um, Jordan Peters also said he's not coming back for his senior year. Um, he actually had this last year a senior a career high of 42 tackles in the 2020 season. Uh, and he actually, on top of that, also was a pretty big special teams player. Uh, he had blocked four punts. I didn't remember all of those. Wow. I remember he was pretty good on special teams, but he had blocked four punts um, in his career at Auburn. That's pretty and, good. Uh, man, he knew, he knew how to get to that yeah. uh, the punter. Man. That's pretty good. Impressive. And I feel like that could be a really nice piece for an NFL team. I know he had he wasn't necessarily one of the you know flashy people out there on defense, but uh, if you kind of add in his special teams ability, this could be a good good pickup for a team um, where he's kind of used uh, maybe as a secondary uh, kind of player, not necessarily first string, but maybe second string. And then also playing a good good amount of time on special teams, and uh, that can be a, a good little spot for him. Uh, also, Christian Tut, um, he he didn't end up playing in the bowl game, and uh, he's uh, also going to the NFL. I wasn't really necessarily shocked about this one, especially after him saying he was not coming back for the bowl game. Um, I feel like this is kind of a sign. Hey, I'm not. I'm going to the NFL, um, but I mean. I think he's done pretty well. He hasn't been outstanding, um, but there, there's especially in the years uh, that we're in right now of college football, where you put the pressure on the on, on the secondary, and I feel like Christian Tut sometimes was very much picked on. Um, so I want to see if, if he's able to make it in the NFL because I feel like definitely NFL teams try to do that as well and probably are more successful. So. He's got some room to grow there, uh, but he's also kind of like Jordan Peters, very well um, known for being a good punt returner, which is good for special teams. Um, like punt returners are one of those things when you find an electric one in the NFL, uh, you use them. So maybe Christian Tut finds his way onto a team and is also that uh, punt returner and, and kind of an electric player there. And then as he's getting better on defense, uh, he kind of gets more playing time there. Um, any other thoughts about guys that have uh, come and gone? I know it's a lot, um, and uh, sometimes it feels like I don't know. Maybe it's just you or me, but it feels like Auburn has lost a lot of guys. That I mean, we haven't get necessarily gotten as many. Um, so I'm really hoping with this new staff, we we get some some guys in that transfer portal to come play for us this next year. Um, any other thoughts about? guys leaving and coming no i mean the only thing i know is that i've I read an article recently that uh the ncaa is very likely going to hold off on voting for the uh, free one waiver the one wow. one-time waiver 
Um, Which I, I, I feel all, like a lot of the players kind of banked on that. Yeah, I think we all thought that was a done deal. Now with COVID, they may let all the everybody this year they may get a. I don't know what they're going to do, but essentially, so everybody understands this: if they don't pass that, then DJ Williams has to get a special waiver to go play at FSU. Now it's not a guarantee, mm-hmm. so only grad transfers, as it is right now, are allowed to freely uh, move. You know, leave a school and play for another without sitting out a year. So. If they don't make special accommodations for COVID, they have not passed the actual rule that says you can do this one time without any restriction. So that changes Harson's approach. That means you're going to have to go after grad transfers. You're going to have to go after JUCO guys. Um, and I don't know what it means for Mark Anthony Richards and Harold Joyner. If they have yeah. not truly signed, do you take that chance or do you come back and play for Auburn? Um, I because they may, have to, they may have to set out the 2021 season. They may. You, you you have to get a special waiver. I mean, you have to get a reason. That's how it is right now. You have to get it. Now, COVID, they may say, okay, whatever. But I don't know if they're going to do that. I mean, I I think they're giving eligibility back for a year, but I don't know if they're going to say you can just go to another school. We have not passed that rule yet. Yeah. I mean, that's a big question to mark. Um, I'm sure that's kind of been thrown out because I, I was under the impression, I think like you were, that it was going to be a free waiver. And, and I feel like most people have kind of been under that impression. Oh, cool. You can move to any school and, you know, essentially next year get to play there um, without having that extra, you know, legality that the NCAA has um, of getting a waiver and being able to play there. And it's just uh, that that can be a hassle in and of itself. And so if that's kind of a little bit of a shadow of doubt on uh, guys like Mark Antony Richard, I feel like and Harold Joyner, that may pull them back if they haven't already signed with the teams that are kind of going after him, them in the transfer portal. Yeah. And keep in mind, we don't know anything about either one of those two guys, but we're just talking. There is an article, I think New York times USA today. I think they've all come out and said they are most likely postponing the vote on letting players make money off their name and postponing the vote on the one-time free waiver. And if that one-time free waiver does not get passed, we are stuck with the same rules we have right now, which means you have to get approval. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that that's a huge thing. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see if that'll actually be postponed or if they actually go through with it. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of other players out there, not just Auburn players that have been under the impression that it's going to happen um, where they get a free pass for transferring. Uh, let's also talk about, because I think this is also a big news in the Auburn world. Uh, well, we've known for the, for a while that the Auburn, uh, football performance center is going to get built. Um, but some of the renderings came out and it got Auburn Twitter excited. Um, Jared, I want to get your, your input on some of these. And if you want to go out there, I know a lot of people have posted pictures on Twitter about these. Um, so uh, what do you think about what you're now seeing? Um, and what's your impressions of all that? I may move into it. It looked pretty sweet. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. All that stuff looks cool. I mean, I, I think it's great. I think any, anything you can do to get a leg up in recruiting, you know, so from the outside, it looked very Auburn-esque. I mean, they, the brick is, is fits in with the rest of the campus. Yeah. Um, inside though, it looked pretty, you know, modern and cool and players love that. So you got to do whatever you can to, you know, appeal to these kids. And uh, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, and and just so people can picture where this is going to be, it's going to be where the old track is, and then 
it also looks like it's probably going to be where the tennis courts are. So if you know where that side of it's kind of near Auburn arena towards that side of the campus. So, um, I, there's also, I mean, some of the highlights of this, it's going to have indoor and outdoor fields, uh, for the football team, team meeting, auditorium, uh, weight rooms, just specifically for, for football, which I feel like is really big. And, uh, hydrotherapy pools aka hot hot tubs or cold tubs um and then they also have some cooler things which i feel like have been uh kind of pushed over uh, other colleges like a barber shop and uh they even have a really cool lounge area which i've already seen comparisons of you know star wars and kind of like the uh i don't know just the spaceship you kind of feel which I think it's kind of cool. I'm sure that'll wow the players. Oh, cool. I can come play here. And, you know, I feel like I, I, I work on a spaceship. <laughs> you know. never know what's going to tip a player. So it won't, right. it won't hurt. I mean, you, I mean, I don't know, 20 million. I don't know, but it won't hurt uh, yeah. to, to when you're recruiting. Yeah. I mean, for goodness sakes, I think, what was it? LSU had these like cool sleeping pod things. Yeah. That's weird. But oh, yeah. Hey, maybe that gets a guy really excited to come there. I don't know. It might. Although LSU fell asleep this year, so maybe I don't know. That's uh, maybe we don't need those. But that was another dad joke. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll quit. Okay. Sorry, folks. <laughs> um, they also have a couple of cool things that I wanted to point out. They have a flight simulator, which I was thinking, why do we have a flight simulator? And I think it was one of the beat reporters, and I can't remember which one it was. Maybe Nathan King. Uh, pointed out that Nick Brahms and Anders Carlson have been part of Delta's um, Propel Pilot Career Path Program. That's a lot of P's. Uh, <laughs> and uh, both of them kind of you know pushing you know Delta and getting guys into working for Delta um, in their uh, future careers. So maybe that's why we added in there. I don't know. I don't know either. There's also two recording studios, so I don't know what that's there for but maybe guys to record their new album or I don't know, maybe <laughs> I, you don't want me recording an album, but you also don't, <laughs> you also don't want me running a route either. So, <laughs> I mean, you've already had enough dad jokes in this. So I think, I think guys, it, are, people are done with it, the dad it, jokes. Folks, if, y'all, if y'all have complaints, just reach out to Kyle. He's the, uh, he's the head of all this. So you can reach out and complain about me. Yeah. Um, Jared, any other final thoughts about uh, what we talked about um, before we get out of here? No, um, you know, just nice to put a staff together and you don't really know what you're going to get. I think that uh, I think Mason is very exciting. I think Bobo is exciting enough. I don't think any of them were bad hires. Um, And I think that, um, you know, given the time and when we get COVID over and we can recruit normal, I think it'll be a think it'll be a success with those two guys uh, added on so really excited glad we got to keep carnell and uh, just overall feel like it was a pretty good week for auburn yeah lots of positive news uh and uh, i'm definitely looking forward to seeing what brian harson and this the staff that he's already put together are gonna do with getting guys committed to auburn um to play especially with the february signing date coming up um, so I'm sure they're getting some big pushes out there uh, of reaching out to guys that Auburn has connections with and uh, maybe some new guys. I mean, it sounds like Harson has some guys in mind um, that may not have already been considering Auburn. 
but now Brian Harson's there, and I hope he can pull those strings to get some extra guys, especially offensive line and now running back. Um, those are two big positions that I feel like are going to have some, uh, I don't know, sharp eyes on to see how those um, how that happens over the next uh, few weeks. Um, Jared, before you get out of here, how do, how can people stay in touch with you? You can just find me on Facebook or Instagram under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?